You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Welcome back, you guys, to the Live Diet Free Podcast, and we are continuing with our Coach Spotlight series. So most of January is going to be featuring our incredible one-on-one and club clients. So today I have Coach Amber with me, and Amber, why don't you just start us off with a little bit about yourself, where you live, your family, your hobbies, that sort of thing. So I live in New York. I am a soon-to-be mom of two under two. Um, I love animals. So we have goats, chickens, and two dogs. And I would have to say my favorite hobby, although it sounds pretty boring, is uh, just going for long walks in the sunshine. I love it. As someone who lives in a pretty gray place right now, getting some sunshine is so nice. And it was actually when I was pregnant, I, I got, sounds so weird to say, like I got into walking. Um, <laughs> but before that, I never really rock, walked for recreation, but now I get it. And once you start, once you do it consistently, I feel like you just never go back. And you live in such a beautiful place. You're in upstate New York, correct? And you, it seems like you either have a decent amount of land or you just live near like walking trails. Uh, both. We live, uh, we have five acres and then we also live near a state park. Amazing. Best of both worlds. Okay. So the chickens, do they lay eggs? They do finally. That's so fun. How many do you get a day? <clears throat> Three a day. Oh, that's perfect. Although I yeah. guess probably you and your husband have to fight over them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we purchased six of them and all six turned out to be males. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, is this how farm life is going to go? This is not a good start. Um, and then we had to get three hens. So they lay eggs and now we have eggs. <laughs> Amazing. Tell me about the goats. They, besides being really cute, do they serve a purpose? Um, just for me to love them. Okay. <laughs> Mattis is super into goats. I and I think they're pretty goats. cute too, but I didn't know if they like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know anything about farm life. <laughs> I come from horse background, but um, they're a little bit expensive and I don't have the time with two young kids. So goats was my next thing. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And we are recording this in early December. It'll go live in about six weeks. So in that time, you'll have I had a baby. Be. Yes. <laughs> and you're due, is it um, the 30th? Yes. So exciting. My childhood best friend's birthday is the 30th. Oh. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your, I guess, like your, your certifications, your work experience kind of what drew you to coaching and then when you decided that's what you wanted to do kind of what what avenue did you take to find yourself here um so what drew me to coaching was the fact that once i started i began to learn that i had the ability to literally change people's lives and not just people's lives um but women's lives uh cuz i pretty much only work with women. And um, that was just something that was amazing to me because I always felt like I was just this small little human in this big, vast world that, you know, not that I had no meaning, but once I realized that I could help people so much, um, it was amazing and I couldn't stop. So 
I first became a certified personal trainer through NASM. And then I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and got my health coding health coaching certification. And um, I just loved learning. So I kept going. I got my um, fitness nutrition specialization through NASM. And then I became a NASM nutrition coach. And right now I'm going for the GGS level one certification, which is the Girls Gone Strong certification. Oh, I love that. I have their pre and postnatal that I got when I was pregnant, largely just oh. for my own information. Like, what is going on right now? Yes. So they're they're really solid. That's awesome. That'll be a great addition to your resume. Mm-hmm. So I know you have a degree in health science. So yeah. were you always kind of health-minded? And then as you kind of learned more about the field, you went the coaching route? Or what had been your kind of original plan with that degree? So... I, in high school, was when I was like, wow, I really, I'm really into nutrition. I think I want to be a nutritionist or a dietitian. My aunt was a health coach, is a health coach, and she did IIN. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that at some point when I get out of high school, but first I'll go to college. And I did start off going for nutrition and dietetics, and then I switched to just general health science because I personally, like a more holistic view when it comes to health and nutrition and things like that. But I felt like the nutrition and dietetics classes that I was taking were very focused on not that. Um, They talked a lot about going to like dietitian symposiums and, you know, Coca-Cola being sponsors there and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I don't think this is the line of work for me. So I got out of that and just did general health sciences. And then as soon as I graduated from college, I went to IIN. Love it. Okay. It's so interesting to hear how people's kind of careers develop. Mine was kind of similar. I was an exercise science major and distinctly remember in certain classes, you know, taking like biomechanics and just like really getting into like the nitty gritty of cellular stuff. And I just wasn't that interested in like that granular i i think like you liked the the intersection of like the science and actually making an impact and helping people in a more tangible way that i could meet meet with a person who you know was was an individual and kind of see the progress that we made instead of working on something that that felt so abstract or so you know tiny i guess Right. Like in my nutrition classes, I was learning about the chemical science of like the chemical makeup of a a lemon peel. And I was like, what? How is this going to help me? I didn't care. Totally. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So tell us a little bit about your, um, your, I guess, like growing up. So I know when I started working as a personal trainer, it seemed like everyone that I worked with had some sort of story. They were either overweight as a kid or underweight as a kid, or you know, there was there was something that kind of drew them to health as a field and to coaching as a career. Um, and I'd love to hear kind of what what your story is. So I actually have experienced both ends of the spectrum. I was overweight in middle school. And when I got to high school is when I started being like, oh, I'm kind of chunky compared to everybody else. 
So I was basically overweight up until 10th grade. And then I started to learn about the power of working out and eating well. But I personally took it way too far and definitely developed an undiagnosed eating disorder, which lasted until I was about 22, 23. And I had a horrible relationship with food, exercise, and the scale. And in that time frame, I lost my period for nine years, and it made it very, very difficult for me to conceive my first daughter. The healing process in order to get pregnant naturally um, was a trying one. And because I was so underweight, so it, it was just crazy to me because I started out as overweight. Then I got severely underweight and I just couldn't stop. Like I just, I wanted to keep seeing the scale get smaller and smaller, but I also wanted to be strong and toned, but I wasn't eating enough to be doing that. Um, I viewed foods as good versus bad. And then in that time, I also developed kind of this cycle of binging, binge eating, and then restricting, binge eating, then restricting. That was awful. I hated myself during that process. Um, and then I kind of like started to seek out help of like what I should be doing. And honestly, the remedy for all of that for myself was to exercise less, eat more and basically gain weight. So in that time I had to gain about 30 pounds in order to be able to get pregnant. And that was scary to see my body change in that way because, um, I was very fearful of weight and weight gain for so, so long. But honestly, now looking back, when I look at pictures, like I don't even notice the 30 pound weight gain. And now, you know, I'm still like 30 pounds up from where I am. And I, I look like a normal human. Um, so that, yeah, like that, that was a very dark time of my life. It was very difficult. Um, you know, holidays were hard being around family and people suggesting going out to eat was hard because I had such an awful relationship with food. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that that being so vulnerable is not easy. And I just know that there are so many people listening who can relate to that. And I think it's so important. The reason that we do these Coach Spotlight episodes is because it's so easy on social media to kind of see you now and see, oh, she's healthy, she's happy, she's confident, she's able to you know, have a, an ice cream date with her husband, she's able to bake cookies with her daughter, and to just kind of assume, yeah, of course she can, because she's a coach and she's just always had it easy, it comes naturally to her. And I think it's so important to kind of pull back the curtain and be like, not at all. <laughs> yeah. It has taken a lot of time and effort to get here. And that, you know, it's still not easy all the time. And I'm sure with having essentially back-to-back pregnancies, that's kind of been its own series of challenges where mm-hmm. you've kind of wrapped your head around getting to a healthier weight in order to get pregnant. And then your body's like, cool, well, now we're pregnant. So let's keep doing yeah. that. And you're like, oh and my it's goodness. So, it's funny that you say that because I was after my daughter and, you know, my first daughter, um, I hired a nutrition and fitness coach to just kind of help me hold myself accountable and just have like a written program to follow so that I could just kind of focus on working with my clients and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to have a bomb ass body this summer. It's going to be so great. And then I 
kept going through my check-ins and my abdomen started expanding and being bloated. And I was like, what's going on here? And she's like, could, uh, she's like, I hate to ask, but could you be pregnant? I'm like, no. And so then I ended up taking a pregnancy test (laughs) on Mother's Day. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, I'm pregnant. So that's just, that was like a huge shock to my mind at that time, because I was like, like I said, I'm going to have this bomb ass body, but no, I was now going to be going in the opposite direction of growing a little human inside of me. So that took some adjusting at first, but then, you know, I'm excited to go through the postpartum journey again after this little one, which is another girl. What a funny way to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to go back a little bit to the the period when the period when you didn't have a period. Yes. Because this is something I feel like is not talked about that often, just how important our menstrual cycles are. If you're of you know childbearing age, mm-hmm. that are having regular cycles is one of the best things I've heard referred to as like a report card for your inner yes. health. And yeah. I know when I was younger, I don't know, maybe it was like being in kind of gym culture where it was like kind of a normal thing, but I remember almost wanting to lose mine because that was like all the like really lean girls had lost theirs. And it, it seemed like you weren't really a fit person if you hadn't, which like obviously hearing it, just saying it out loud now is like such a fucked up thing. Um, So it's, you said kind of that you started kind of getting yourself out of that in your early 20s. So did you, as a teenager, did you have cycles and then lose them? Or did you just like never get it? Yes, I got my cycle when I was 13 and lost it when I was about 16, 17. Okay. And at um, that time, did you know like what a red flag that was? Did you have any sort of guidance from like, I don't know, a teacher or a coach or somebody who like would know like, Hey, that's a, we need to do something about that. Or were you just kind of like, Oh, it's gone. Whatever. Exactly. No, I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. It's gone. And, um, my over time, uh, my, like after it was gone for like three years, my mom was the one who was very concerned. And so that's when they took me to the OB and the OB was like, Oh no, you're fine. You're just active. And she was like, well, well, let's put you on birth control to regulate it. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a long time. And I, of course, got a synthetic period. But anytime I stopped, like when I stopped to try and get pregnant, guess who couldn't get pregnant? Me, because I didn't have a natural period. So that also tied into um, why I became a health coach and a personal trainer, just my own pursuit to heal my own body correctly instead of being given a medication to mask all of my symptoms. I think, unfortunately, that's such a common response is oh, just go on the pill and you know, it'll, it'll seemingly be normal. And then, like yeah. you said, so many women have these issues when they come off of, you know, whatever was going on had just been masked for so long that yeah. now, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out what's going on and how long has it been going on and what do I do about it? And I think so many coaches have such personal experience where I know, I think uh, Lauren, our RD, said something similar of like, I kind of got into this selfishly because I wanted to learn for myself. And then it's like, once you know, then you want to share it with everybody because you exactly. know, you know how life-changing it is. Yeah. So when you did 
try to start trying to get pregnant and and realize that you were having a lot of trouble, did you take yourself through that weight gain process and work on healing the relationship with food on your own? Or did you work with a coach during that time? During that time, I mostly did it on my own um, because I just, I love research and stuff like that. Um, and I felt like I just, I don't know. So I, I did. I took myself through it alone mostly. I went to a dietitian a few times. And when I did um, like that resting metabolic rate test, and she told me that just to survive my own personal caloric needs were 1800 calories. I was like, no, I was like, I'm eating like 11 to 1200 a day and working out you know, one to two times a day and running and this and that. She's like, yeah, you need to stop that. She was like, you need to start eating. So um, I was like, all right, this is going to be scary, but I'm going to do it. I had a lot of fear foods and I just kind of started really, really slowly. It was a very long journey. And that's one thing that I kind of want to drive the point home of is that We as coaches with our 12-week program, like 12 weeks is such a drop in the bucket because where if you see me, you know, as your coach or you see me on social media now, it took me years to get to where I am, like years. And, you know, I still have improvements that I want to make, you know, within myself. And so it's just realizing that learning the basics in a way that's sustainable is so important. I know we're going to give tips at the end, but I just wanted to say that before I forgot. It's so interesting. When I interviewed Coach Amelia, we had a very similar conversation about just kind of shifting your mindset from, you know, how many weeks is it going to take or how many months is it going to take to like, it's so cliche now, but it really needed to be a lifestyle shift. We're talking a commitment from now until the end of time to your health. And of course, that's going to look different and, and you're going to learn a ton, but there's no end. And I know in, you know, when I was talking to Amelia and my personal experience, it's been decades that we've been working on this. And I know in Coach Meg's experience as well, that's not to say that you're not happier and healthier and more confident, you know, kind of as as you grow, but you just need to be in it for the long haul and recognize that you really can't force it to be right. faster. Like we'd all love to just get there and stay there and have it be easy. But in reality, like you said, it's such a process. It has to, it's, it's all kind of those baby steps. I can handle doing a little bit more. I can handle doing a little bit differently. And then you kind of build on that. And like you said, that's why we're so adamant about building a stable foundation because so often, and so so many of you guys listening have done kind of the drastic, restrictive, just let me get results as fast as possible thing over and over and over again, and it doesn't stick. So right. it's it's really just like this complete mental shift and wiping the slate clean and saying, the goal is no longer, how fast can I? The goal is, how can I do this in a way that improves my health, improves my quality of life, improves my happiness, and to start on the right foot and understand like the science behind it. How does all of this work? Then how does it fit my individual life? What goes into this besides just 
what do I do for exercise and, and how much do I eat? And once you have that stable foundation, then you see what the progress looks like, which is not perfection. It's, you know, slipping up less often. It's being less hard on yourself when you do. It's getting, you know, quote unquote, off track for not as long. It's getting back on more easily. That's really what it looks like is you're just always a work in progress. And the sooner you can kind of accept that and make the mental shifts that you need to, the better off you're going to be. Definitely. Okay. So in the, once you, once you got your cycle back, were you able to get pregnant relatively quickly or was there kind of this, okay, now it's back and you're still trying? It was, it came back, but I was still trying. The problem was I was getting a period, but I was not ovulating. So I had to do some additional work with that of just continuing to keep my calories up and um, not going hard every day in the gym. And eventually um, I did start ovulating. And then I think it was on my second or third cycle that I ovulated that I got pregnant. This and is I had just, no idea that you could get a period and not be ovulating. I had no idea. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is such an impressive thing. And I feel like is really just a testament to how much control you have over your life. And obviously, I know there are certain you know things that are out of your control. I'm not saying you can just you know eat more and make yourself pregnant. But just the fact that you can make such drastic changes and improvements to your health based on how you live your day-to-day life, how you treat your body. And when you stop thinking in terms of eat as little as possible, work out as intensely as possible, and you start kind of zooming out and seeing the big picture, which is managing my stress levels really matters. And under-eating is stress. Over-exercising is stress. No matter how much you feel like it's a stress reliever, your body doesn't know. So when you pair that with just your general life stress, you can put yourself in a really bad position. And I think this just kind of goes to show that you can you can change so much really can. in your life when you take control of it. And then also too, that there's there's always kind of that delay. And I know that the majority of our clients have struggled with this at some point where you kind of you're putting in the effort and there's not like that direct correlation of, oh, now the weight is dropping off. There's kind of that delay where it's like, come on, I'm doing the things. Why isn't it working? Right. So it's like in your case where you did get a cycle back and I'm sure at the time it was like so celebratory and like, okay, yes, I did the thing. Let's get on with this. And then to still need to continue putting in the work and to trust, okay, what I'm doing is working, even though I don't I have don't see anything for exactly, it. Exactly. Yes. And that's one of the toughest things I think to, to act as though what you're doing is going to work and to really believe that it's going to, even when you haven't seen proof of it yet, just knowing Agreed. I'm not going to stop until I, until I get what I, what I need. Um, can you speak to that actually? Cause I think that's, that's a tough lesson to learn. So when you were going through this really hard period of doing what felt so counterintuitive and when you, you know, didn't really know, is this, am I going to be able to get pregnant at any point? How did you, how did you keep doing it? How did you keep showing up when it felt so hard and so uncertain? Um, I, it was very hard. I cried <laughs> a lot, especially negative test after negative test after negative test, because I've always wanted to be a mom. That was just always my dream in life. Um, 
And when I was like, wow, I did this to myself and it's not happening. I was getting very discouraged. Um, but I was a part of a lot of like Facebook self-help groups. And I discovered that what I was going through was had a name. Um, it was, it is called hypothalamic amenorrhea. So that's just the absence of a period due to overexercising or under eating or a combo of both. And I just watched all of these women do the thing. And that was eat more, exercise less, manage their stress, improve their relationship with food. And they were all getting pregnant. They were all, you know, getting better. Um, so I was like, okay, well, obviously this works. So I just need to stick with it and keep going. And um, so that's what I did. And in, of course, in that process, there were times where I'm like, oh, F it. This isn't working. I'm going back to the gym. I'm going back to chicken and rice and vegetables. You know, I don't care. And then, you know, it prolonged my journey, but it, I also provided valuable learning points for me because I was like, no, let me go back to what, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I feel like I have a lot of clients that struggle with that too, where they're doing this stuff. It's not working. So they revert back to their old ways. And they're like, well, this isn't working either. So let me go back to what my coach is telling me. And um, the thing is, I wish I just would have stuck with it and had more faith because then I wouldn't have been in and out, in and out. And it wouldn't have taken so long for me to get to where I wanted to be if I just stayed the course. It's such a good reminder. It's, it's such a hard thing to remember when you're in it. But yeah. it's so true that if you're feeling like you're making this effort and it's not working, the only way to guarantee it's not going to work is if you stop doing the things or if yeah. you revert back to what you know wasn't working. And I love, though, that you're able to kind of reflect on that and see it as lessons instead of failure. Like there's no point in beating yourself up about the fact that it could have been a little bit faster had you not, you know, gotten waylaid a little bit. But at the end of the day, like it did. And what you learned from it, one of my former business coaches would always talk about how can you get a valuable lesson out of whatever thing that, you know, you're you're upset about. And for you to kind of, sometimes we need to learn the same lesson over and over again for it to finally sink in. You're just like, okay, yep, I'm, I'm committed to this. Yeah. Um, there was something else that that made me want to, oh, yes. Um, the power of, of having a deep connection to why your goal is important. I think that, you know, because you wanted so badly to be a mom, I'm sure that when you did have those moments of screw it, I don't care, even when you did act screw it, I don't care, what brought you back was, well, I really care about this outcome. I really want to make this true. I want to do everything in my control to make it happen. And this is something I know we've talked about in previous episodes and it's kind of cliche, but I think a lot of women kind of don't, don't do it or don't believe it, that if you're not able to make that connection to why your goals are so important, it's that much harder to stay consistent. There are always going to be times that motivation is low and you just don't want to, and you feel like the odds are stacked against you and it would just be easier to, to throw in the towel. And if you haven't gotten beneath the surface and if your primary motivation is, I just want to see the scale go down, or I just want my clothes to fit. If that's as deep as you've gotten, it's going to be really hard to keep doing the things when you're feeling discouraged. Yes. But like you with with pregnancy, 
if you have that emotional connection. If you're like, you know what? It's not about the number on the scale. It's not about the clothes. It's that I don't feel like I'm living to my full potential. I'm scared that I won't see my kids grow up. I want to have the confidence to change my job or whatever it is. When you realize that there's so much beneath the surface, it's so much easier to stay the course when it feels hard. Yeah, definitely. If you're like, oh, you know, I just want to lose weight or I just want abs. Those are not, those won't be goals that are going to carry you through. You really do have to dig deep and find, okay, like, why do I want to lose this weight? Is it so I feel comfortable naked in the bedroom? Is it so I feel confident and sexy when I'm out on the beach? Like, what is it? Like, what, what? Like, dig past the weight, dig past the aesthetics, like, you really have to find out what your why is. And I think that um, we as coaches, well, within the curriculum have a really good setup with that of like helping people dig through, okay, what is, what really is my why? Let me peel back the layers. Exactly. And like you said, I think that that then helps kind of de-emphasize the scale because as much as, you know, pretty much everybody that we talk to and probably all of you, those, all of you listening, like will say, yes, I want to lose weight, but it's not really about the number. But if you haven't actually connected to that reason, it's hard not to just focus on the number. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that it's more of a feeling or what you're able to do or things like that, then you start to notice if that if you are feeling more that way or if you are getting closer to being capable of doing that thing, regardless of what the number is. And I think right. it's so interesting to think like if scales didn't exist, how would you know if you were getting closer or not? Exactly. Sometimes we do encourage our clients to not use them at all. Sometimes we, you know, decide let's let's just work on improving your relationship with it. But ultimately, like if the batteries died and you didn't have it for a while, how would you know? What would what, you, what would you be waking up and feeling? When you looked in the mirror, what would you think? All of that is so much more important and really comes back to the, the meaning that, that the goal has to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you now have you know, really been through the ringer. You brought yourself back to a healthy enough place that you have been able to conceive naturally twice, which is incredible. Yeah. And in the process, have done a lot of work improving your relationship with food and exercise and your body, what would be some of your best, I don't know if it's like pieces of advice or tips or takeaways to someone who is struggling with those things now, whether, you know, some of you listening may be in Amber's position under underweight and over-exercising. Most of you are probably thinking, I have plenty of weight to lose. That's not the issue. But the same thing applies. Usually unhappy with your body, not a great relationship with food, feeling like you can't be trusted around certain things or you just can't be moderate. You exercise to burn calories and and things like that. So how does someone go from feeling like that to living a life like you do now? Um, I would say there's a lot of things. If you feel like you have a poor relationship with the scale, stop focusing on the scale and your aesthetics. Um, Put it away. Um, use other forms of measurement, such as your energy levels, how your clothes are fitting, how you're just feeling. Because there were days where I would wake up feeling good, and I'd be like, 
then I'd step on the scale and be like, oh God, I'm up a few ounces or a pound or something. And I'm like, now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that was so dumb. It could have been, you know, I had a saltier meal or I was getting close to, well, I didn't have a period at that time, but for you all, (laughs) uh, you know, it could be close to your cycle time. So many other factors. I could have been more stressed out that week. I could have had a hard workout and had water retention, like So don't focus on the scale. Don't focus on aesthetics as well as long as far as food goes. um, There truly are no good or bad foods. Yes, some are more nutritious than others, but you really can have whatever you want and make it fit into your lifestyle. And it was during the time that I was like, oh, nope, can't have any of those is when I would go ape crazy with them like oh my gosh cookies or brownies or ice cream and then um you know there was even like nights that I'm so still like embarrassed about or like shameful of where you know everybody would go to bed and I would go to the freezer and finish off whatever ice cream was in there and then I would wake up feeling guilty I would go through a hard workout make sure I ate as little as possible that day Um, And that is not a life to be living like that's I don't classify that as life at all because food is controlling you. Um, I exercised to literally just lose weight. And once again, that's exercise controlling you. Um, Find things that make you happy. Find movement that brings you joy. It doesn't have to be, you know, working out, going to the gym six days a week. It could be swimming. It could be dancing. It could be walking and just realizing that there's really no, you don't have to put yourself in such a tiny box with, okay, I can only eat this and I can only work out this if I want to get X. No, you can get X many, many different ways. Um, It has to fit into your lifestyle. That's so good. And I think kind of goes back to what you're talking about before of it's this needing to be a lengthy process. And so often, I mean, it's it's just like such a classic tortoise and hare where, you know, so many times we get off to this running start where it's like, I'm going to do an hour a day every single morning at 5 a.m. and I'm going to eat according to this strict meal plan and I'm going to be totally perfect. And then, you know, sputter out two weeks, a month, six weeks in, just rinse and repeat month after month after year, or you take, you, you know, you, you play the long game and you say, all right, right now I get 3000 steps a day this week. I'm shooting for 4,000. Looks right. like I've been eating, you know, one vegetable a day this week. I'm going to shoot for two. And I know it seems, I know, uh, I know when I used to hear advice like this, I would roll my eyes and feel like, okay, yeah, sure. Like that's, I can do anything. It's about building momentum. It's about getting some wins under your belt, proving to yourself. If you haven't yet um, listened to the episode that Megan and I did about building a reputation with yourself, but it's about improving your reputation with yourself, being someone who follows through on what she said she's going to do. Just getting those wins and then feeling a little bit more confident, being proud of yourself, feeling, okay, if I did that, I can do a little bit more and just gradually building on it. Amber, in your interview process, when we did one of your mock calls, you said something about process being like, or progress being like very kind of like a set of stairs that Mm -hmm. you kind of 
step up and then you level off and you step up and you level off. And I think that's the perfect analogy because that's really what it is, is you take this step forward, you start doing this new thing, you build this new habit, and then you just need to let that feel normal. You need to give yourself some time before you start piling on. So you say, okay, the only thing that I'm working on right now is getting my steps up. Or the only thing I'm working on is tracking my food so I can kind of figure out what I've been doing. Then once you kind of feel level on that step, then you step up again. And sure, it might not be as um, as straight a shot as if you just kind of catapulted up to the top of the stairs, but you're going to be a whole lot more stable when you get there. So like you said, if that's walking or dancing or something like it doesn't need to look a certain way, you just need to figure out what am I willing and able to do right now to get started? Doesn't matter how small it is. Just pick something and yes. then keep going. Exactly. I love it. Okay. If you had to give one personal tip for how you stay consistent, even when like pregnancy is a great example, even when it just feels hard or you don't want to, or you're just kind of being that whiny toddler, how do you stay consistent regardless of how you're feeling? Um, I feel like it's just, it's who I am now. It's just ingrained into my lifestyle that I know um, pre-pregnancy, I was working out four days a week. Right now, I'm only strength training for three and walking the rest of the days. Um, so I just go, okay, if it's a Monday, I'll be working out today. If it's a Wednesday, I'm going to be working out today. Um, in regards to maintaining a healthy diet while eating or while being pregnant and stuff, um, yeah, sure. There's some days where I'm tired. I luckily don't have really any cravings for things. If I did, it would be like cottage cheese or yogurt. Um, so I was really lucky in that way with both pregnancies. But again, it comes down to a plan. It's like, okay, what am I going to make my daughter and me and my husband this week? Um, It's planning. It's really planning. You have to plan out everything, your your fitness and your nutrition. Otherwise, it makes it very easy to go off course. Those are so good. Have a routine. Uh, have Have a plan. Make it routine. And and this is something that came up on Amelia's call also is. I think a lot of times we put this pressure on ourselves that it needs to feel easy. It just needs to feel like who I am by a certain time. And if it doesn't, then it's never going to work. I'm just not cut out for it. And that's when we kind of have the starts and stops. And in reality, it might take longer than it's probably going to take longer than you want for it to really feel ingrained. But the time is going to come. If you just keep showing up, if you do exactly what Amber said, and you have a plan and you make it routine, you're just like, oh, it's Monday, it's 10 o'clock, this is what I do. At some point, it is going to feel easier. And it's not going to be this switch flipping on where you know neon lights start flashing and it's like, you're a, a fit person now. It's going to be this subtle, you just start to do it more naturally, just like brushing your teeth, just like showering most, time, most days. It exactly. just starts to feel that way. But don't put this pressure on yourself to make that happen by X date. Just trust that if you continue showing up, for as many weeks or months or years as it takes, it's inevitable. Yeah. And there's definitely days where, you know, I'm scheduled to work out, but I don't, I'll be like, oh God, today's squats. I don't feel like doing those. Um, It doesn't mean I'm completely throwing away my workout and not doing anything. It means that, okay, I'm just going to modify to something that feels a little bit better for the stage of life that I'm in right now. 
I love that. And I think that's such a sign of health just in general, having a healthy relationship with body, with your body and with exercise and to be able to see the bigger picture that people probably in your, in your earlier life, you were very rigid with this is the workout. Doesn't matter how rundown I'm feeling. Doesn't matter if I'm sick. Doesn't matter if I'm tired. I do the workout as it was written. And I was the same way. And I think it's been really cool. And this is another way kind of we see progress is you just start to, to think more flexibly and you start thinking like, okay, it's not doing squats on, on Monday, you know, December 6th, that means anything. It's me moving my body most Mondays from now yeah. until the end of my life. And exactly. it's like, it's the thing almost doesn't matter. It's that you just keep doing the things that frequently. Mm-hmm. Love it. Exactly okay. That. Is there anything that we haven't gone over today that you want to mention before we wrap up? I would just say that once you start bringing your focus to improving your health over getting to some number on the scale or, you know, like I said, having abs, that is when you'll begin to see the physical changes as a byproduct. Um, Don't have your goal be so focused on aesthetics or weight. Have the focus, have the focus be on health. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Yes. We often focus on the outcome as the, as the focus instead of what are the actions that are going to help me be healthy and happy. And as a bonus, that's where the weight loss is going to come from. I love that. Mm -hmm. Amber, thank you so much for being here. And those of you who are listening, if Amber's story resonated with you at all from either end of the spectrum, reach out. She is an incredible coach. She is as empathetic as you would imagine. And as you can tell now, she's really, she's coming to coaching, not just with the um, like textbook knowledge, not just with the training, the education, but also with the personal experience of having taken herself through really hard times and is in such a qualified position to help you do the same and save you a lot of the heartache and the trouble and give you a shoulder to lean on, give you a listening ear to let you know that you're not alone going through this. Once again, Amber, thank you so much. And I know Amber's off to a baby appointment and (laughs) next time, uh, next time we see you, you're mama of two. So congratulations again. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Esther. If you like this podcast, you will love the deep dive that we provide on our consult calls. When is the last time you actually set aside any chunk of time to just think and talk about yourself, about your goals, and really dug into what's actually standing in your way? Just that alone, just having a sounding board for your thoughts can be incredibly eye-opening and help you get that aha moment that you need to actually take the first step toward lasting change. If during our conversation, we know for sure we can help you bridge the gap from where you are now to where you want to be, then we'll offer to share with you what our one-on-one coaching experience is like and how we can help support and guide you to that goal. You can book a call with us at sdavent.com slash call, and we can't wait to get to know you.